in the Just Sweet Jesus series. And I am totally stoked about this one because this one is about who we are as a church. It's a part of our identity. It's in our DNA. It's in our name. It's about everything that we are and we want to be. So if we're not it, we're preaching on the subject that has got to get us um, towards the vision. And the whole reason City Hill even exists as a church. So saying, yes, we, Jesus, I am Jesus. Um, We identify with him, with his message, with his calling, with his plan for his church, which he is the head of. We want to be a part of that. We want to play the part that we have individually, uniquely as individuals and uniquely as a um, collective, because as a church, we're unique. There is no church that has the same individuals that we have. That gives us our unique fingerprint, our unique DNA, our unique stamp on what we do, what we're called to do, who we are, and how we're going to do things. No other church has me as their pastor, and no other church has you, because you're here and you're at City Hill. That makes us unique, and that is exciting. And what is exciting for me is today what we're talking about is yes, we the light of the world. When we go through the I am statements of Jesus in John's Gospel, He kicks us off with, um, I am the bread of life, which we looked at last week. And then secondly, in John 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have life. But with a lot of these phrases, there's this loaded nature we talked about. Now, when we talked about, I am the bread of life, we linked back to that first ever instance where the statement, where um, God describes himself as, I am who I am. And that he said in that statement and how the rabbis have said that it was interpreted and understood was that he would be revealing to his people who he is by his actions. And he reveals himself to us as savior. He is our bread of life, but he is the light of the world also. He's revealing another part of who God is and what he means to us, revealing who Jesus is and who he wants us to be. Now, just like last week, we flipped all the way back to that first time of I am who I am and the plagiarism accusation and the accusation of blasphemy that was put to Jesus by saying that statement that led to his crucifixion. It caused great offense, just like um, the Charlie Hebdo cartoons did and led to the the murder of um, 12 people in Paris, which we are now celebrating, celebrating which we are now remembering and commemorating that tragedy and that fateful day. But we do celebrate the freedom of speech that we have. And that is a great liberty. And that is a wonderful thing. Now, we flip backwards to the oldest book in the Bible. And it's not Genesis. That is not the oldest book. Predating Genesis as a text is the book of Job. Now, For many of us, we know the story of Job, but for some of us, we may not be so familiar. Um, So I'm going to give us a real crash course, brief, brief overview of a guy called Job. Job was rich. Job was very rich. Job was influential. He was a a big deal in his day. Um, Job was, hmm. there's this after story before we even meet him, really, where the devil comes before God, accusing Job. And he's kind of pointing out, well, he's only good because your grace is on his life. And um, if you left him with me for a little bit and let me touch him, he wouldn't be so good to you. He would curse you. God allows that to take place. And this horrible sorts of 
things start happening in Job's life and his life isn't plain sailing anymore. He's not, he hasn't got it all together. He's got, he gets illness, he gets sickness. He, he, his business falls apart. He loses, his kids die. It is brutal. Even his wife comes and says, look, Job, come on now. I've had enough. We need to just curse God. Even if God kills us, we've just got to give it to him because he is socking it to us real big time. And Job refuses. And ultimately it's not really God. God is removed maybe his protection from him, but God isn't the one doing this to him. It's the enemy, it's the devil. And so there's this um, account, and as we go through the book, it's Job's conversations with friends, with those around him. It's him exploring this suffering, and actually it's a really helpful book because part of this world that we live in by nature is full of suffering, full of hardship, full of pain. In chapter 18, he's we go for a conversation, and he's describing someone. And chapter 18, verse 18, there is this statement which stands out and I really want to highlight for us today because we're not doing a huge study on Job. It's just this one statement I really want to look at. He is thrust from light into darkness and driven out of the world. And then it ends. This chapter ends on this, on this note further down. Such is the place of him who knows not God. So he is describing what it means to be the person who doesn't know God. He is thrust out from light into darkness and driven out into the world. Now, if we think about light and what darkness is, that when you don't know God, he's saying you're surrounded, not being able to see. There's nothing you can trust in because you can't see clearly. You are thrust from light. It's like the light is there, but thrust out of it into darkness and driven out of the world. Such is the place of him who knows not God. When we hold this statement and we think upon this, and then we hear the words of Jesus with this statement in mind, describing what it is for the person who doesn't know God. God is revealing his name to us by his actions. Jesus has come in the flesh. And in this statement of, I am the light of the world, just we the light of the world, linking back to the statement, I am who I am. God revealing himself by his actions, that being the name of God. Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He is not only just tying back to a statement with Moses, a burning bush, and God revealing his name as I am, who I am, in that statement. But he is also tying into Job, saying that you're in darkness, and I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. He's saying, guys, you're in darkness. You don't get it. You don't understand what's going on. You don't know what's around you. But I'm the light of the world. And follow me, guys. You won't experience what you've experienced before. You won't feel like you're thrust into darkness, driven out of the world as one who doesn't know God. And by saying he's the light of the world and that you will no longer be walking in darkness, but have the light of life, he is, in fact, once again, as a double entendre saying he's God twice in the same statement. He's tying it into the statement with Moses and the I am statement. And he's tying it into Job, who says that those who don't know God, um, they're in darkness. And he's saying, I'm the light. And you know me, you know God. Is the statement he's making here. So he's clearly laying out his cards on the deck. And it couldn't be mistaken in any other way. Obviously, they get offended by this. Who wouldn't? 
be offended by this if you had the set of beliefs they had. And if you'd grown up with these sacred scriptures and these texts. So this situation takes place. Now, what I love about this is he talks about, I am the light of the world. Now, if we think about light, well, we think about a number of things. And on my way home today, I took a few bits of video. I took a few pictures here and there. Um, but I could have done it. I could have stopped everywhere, but people were looking at me a bit weird. So I kind of stopped. But ultimately, we put lights in lots of different places. And when we put it in different places, we put it for a different purpose. Sometimes it's, help, it's to help us see where we walk. Sometimes it's so we can even see just to put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes it's to guide us in a particular direction. Sometimes it's to help us not have car accidents. Sometimes it's to stop um, planes from accidentally flying into buildings. Sometimes it's to tell us where to go. Sometimes it's an actual physical sign that's lit up that we can see that we need to pay attention to because it's going to impart to us some really important information. So there's all different types of lights, there's different types of places that lights feature. Sometimes it's to help us read. Sometimes it's to light up a room that doesn't have natural light. Sometimes it's because it gets dark at night time and we still want to see in our houses. But we position these lights strategically. And I think that's really important. And the vision for City Hill is based around in Matthew 5, where Jesus starts to talk um, on a mountainside, the Sermon on the Mount. And he declares, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Shine your light before all men that they may see your good works and praise your Father up in heaven. He says, you don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. You light it and put it on a lampstand so it gives light to all who are in the room. And he's saying it's all about where you place the light that, that, that defines what you can see and how that room will work, how it will be lit up. We also see in this day and age the beauty of light. We use light um, artistically to express itself. We use light to make something look beautiful. Uh, if we look at an apple shop, the way it's done, light is used very subtly and powerfully to increase sales. Um, if we were to think of a concert, there's this amazing moment, isn't there? When they go, everyone turn your phones on, get the light out and shine it in the air. Or it used to be lighting a lighter, but now they tell you use your phone. And everyone's got their phone up. And then when you look around and you see all these phones everywhere just lit up around, it's amazing, it's overwhelming, it's emotional. Um, if you think back to the, the Nikon advert with Robbie Williams, everyone take your picture now and the flash is everywhere and he's like, wow, his mind is blown, it's beautiful, it's amazing. Light does that. But it's all in different places, it's all for different purposes, all for different reasons. And the beautiful thing about the body of Christ and about what God calls us to do is we're all unique, we're all individuals, we're all lights that God wants to position in different places for different purposes. And you have a set of skills a set of friends, a set of relatives that God wants to shine a light to, using you. He doesn't want you to be me. He wants you to be you. He doesn't want you to be some Christian celebrity. I'm not saying you can't be. I'm saying as in mimicking some another one. He wants you to be you. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? That God sees the light that you have. Because in, in John, he's saying, I'm the light of the world. But in Matthew, he's saying, you're the light of the world. And he doesn't want that light hidden. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. I don't want you hidden either, he says. I want you to shine your light among your friends. He says, I don't, you don't put a light under a basket. God doesn't want to put you under a basket. God wants to put you on a lampstand. He wants to position you that those around you can see where they're going. That those around you can see where each foot should take its next step. 
His word is a lamp unto my feet. Those next steps in life, he wants you to be illuminating them for someone else. He wants to use you for his glory. We all have our place in this amazing, wonderful, wonderful kingdom. And I am so excited about that. I'm excited about seeing you shine. I'm excited about me shining. I'm excited about my daughter growing up and her shining. I'm excited about my family, me, Jody, and Eden together shining. I'm excited about us as the wider family shining together. And there are ways that can happen. Now, Sunday morning is a time when we all get together and we need to all play a part in that. Our part can be numerous. Our part can be speaking. Our part can be singing. Our part can be using whatever skill we have. Our part could be social media. Our part could be organizing. Our part can be admin. Our, our part could be finance. Our part could be, well, I'm good at this, Andy, and you don't know it, and you need to know it because I believe God wants to use it here. Let me know what it is that God is doing in you and what shines out of you naturally as a person. But also, don't just have conversation about how to shine on a Sunday because Sunday's an hour in a week. What's an hour? It's a great time for us to come together to be encouraged for God to speak to us. But how many hours are there in the day? It's 24. And when we look at the seven days of the week, and most of those hours aren't at church, most of those hours are all over the place. And I really believe God wants us to shine there more than, than Sunday. That's not to belittle Sunday. Sunday, when we get together, it's one of the best hours of my week, and I, I absolutely love it. Um, doesn't quite compare to time alone with the wife or time alone with Eden, but um, it's just behind it. It's a fantastic time of the week for me, and I love it. Um, I cherish it. I cherish when every one of you turns up and hears the message. I cherish when you guys all chat and hearing your stories and what's happening in the week and where you're at and how you're doing. I cherish it. Why do I cherish it? I cherish it because you're a light that needs to shine. I cherish it because there's a unique individual position that is only for you. I look around City Hill. I look at those of us who come every week, those of us who come every couple of weeks, those of us who come every month or whatever. We're all sporadic, different times. But I look around and what I see is I see like Robbie Williams. I'm like, wow, there's lights flashing everywhere. God is doing amazing things and it's wonderful. But I believe the best is yet to come. And I'm not saying that because it's 2016. I am not that pastor. And if you're looking for that guy, sorry, never going to be him. But I'm always excited about what God is doing now. I'm excited where he's been, but I'm excited where he is right now, what he's doing, and I want to be a part of it. And I'm excited what he's going to do. What he's going to be doing in 2016 is he's going to be doing the same two things that we always want to do. But we're going to learn to do it better. And we're going to do it better than we've done it before. And what we're going to do is we're going to shine uniquely for Jesus in our unique sphere alone as we are. As a beautiful candle illuminating the room that we're in. And that's exciting and beautiful. But what we're also going to do is on a Sunday we come collaboratively together. And we're going to find ways to shine as a community together on Clapham Common. But also um, in different ways. And we're also going to find ways in which we can collaborate in serving God on a Sunday right there and then in the service because God wants to use all of us. But like I've said, Sunday is a great time to be encouraged, but it's those days in the week. Now you imagine this scenario. There is someone pretty much every week of your life that you will meet who you don't know 
feels like the story of Job. They're in a place where they feel he is thrust from light into darkness and driven out of the world. They feel like that. They feel in complete darkness, driven out, isolated, alone, and with no hope. That's because they don't know him. Because in the midst of the chaos, they're alone. They don't know God. But there comes this moment where they can meet the light of the world and he can illuminate their lives. But that's a part that you have to play and I have to play in their life. That's a beautiful thing. So this week, as you leave City Hill, what I really want you to do is we're not, I'm not taking the full 20 minutes. I mean, I could talk about this topic for a long, long time. But actually, if you leave here, hearing me say a lot of stuff, but nothing happens this week, and you ignore the person next to you who is completely just in bits, in darkness, alone and isolated, what good is that? That sucks. And actually, I would rather stop this talk early, right here, right now, so that you guys can have three minutes to yourself. Three minutes to think, what is God lighting up in my life? How am I going to use it around my friends? Is there someone I've seen this week who I know is having a hard time? How am I going to light their world up this coming week? Spend some time, pray, talk to him. Get a piece of paper out, your phone out, get creative, start making notes, start making plans, start putting reminders in, start putting alarms in because you've got a date with destiny this week because there is a purpose that you were here this Sunday. There is a purpose in you hearing this message. God wants to light up your life and he wants to light up the lives of those around you. And that is the best news I think we could hear because Jesus wants to illuminate. But maybe you came here today and your life feels like it's falling apart. Father, in the name of Jesus, would your light shine out? Would it touch us? Would it heal us right now? You are the light of the world, but we acknowledge we cannot be hidden. Would you come and do that in us, Lord? In Jesus' mighty name, amen. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world, but you are the light of the world also. Go out and shine. Now, so, stop. Three minutes. Think about how you could shine this week as an individual on your own. Then what I want you to do is for five minutes, I want you to be in um, groups of three and start talking about different ways that we as a church can shine on Clapham Common collaboratively together. Um, And I want one of you in that group of three to take ownership of this and you write it down straight away in an email and you send the email to hello at cityhill.org.uk and you do it right here and now. Because God is in the business of making differences. Listen, I might not be the pastor. We don't take an offering at City Hill. I might not be that pastor that chases you for your money every Sunday. But I tell you what, I'll be damned if I don't chase you to shine your light for Jesus. Because he's illuminated your life. He's illuminated my life. And we want to see people's lives change. Because that's who we are. It's in our DNA. And I'm pumped up. And I cannot wait to see you guys next Sunday. And I've sounded like a raving nutter the whole way through. God bless you guys. I've missed you. Pray for me. I'm at Rehoboth Church talking about the Kamashima drama and I'm so happy about that. But I miss you all and I love you and we're going to shine bright because he's the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life. Get in! Yes, we Jesus. Hashtag that. Mm-hmm.